Welcome to the Relationship Diversity Podcast, where we celebrate, question, and explore all aspects of relationship structure diversity, from soloamory to monogamy to polyamory and everything in between, because every relationship is as unique as you are. We'll bust through societal programming to break open and dissect everything we thought we knew about relationships, to ask the challenging but transformational questions, who am I and what do I really want in my relationships? I'm your guide, Carrie Jaroslow, best-selling author, speaker, intuitive, and coach. Join me as we reimagine all that our most intimate relationships can become. When I was a little girl, my favorite fairy tale was Cinderella. One of my earliest memories is lying on my bed, holding a small porcelain figurine of the radiant princess. She was the Cinderella that was dressed in a flowy, shimmering dress, her golden hair tied up in a neat high bun with a sparkling crown on her head, a smile as bright as that crown, and twinkly blue eyes. She was in love, and it was clear to me, as a wide-eyed, innocent young dreamer, that this was because she had met her Prince Charming. I was fascinated with the story of the tattered, underprivileged girl being seen and desired by a handsome prince. Although there were trials and tribulations in their story, in the end, she had escaped her evil stepsisters, was chosen by her man, and they rode off into the sunset in unparalleled joy. That's where the story ends, and you never get to see what happens after that. As a little girl, I was left with the programming that she fell in love and lived happily ever after. Not only that, but I was also filled with such deep desire that that was what I wanted because it would make me the happiest. It would be my dream come true. This was and still is how so many children are programmed to think and feel. All I have to do is meet that one person, be chosen, and everything will be great from then on. There are so many aspects of this story that are quite damaging because it's so far from reality. And it sets us up with unrealistic expectations about ideas such as what makes a person's life happy and what a joyful, successful relationship should look like. The happily ever after narrative is ingrained so deeply into our subconscious that the desire to be independent and alone, especially as a woman, is often frowned upon. Perhaps the people affected the most by these kinds of biased statements are those who choose solo amory, the relationship structure where one makes the conscious and intentional choice to be single. They choose for one reason or another to focus on the relationship they have with themselves, and they make this the priority. People choose this relationship structure for many different reasons. Sometimes it's a lifelong decision, and sometimes it's, temp- it's a temporary choice. In this episode, I'm going to take a deeper look into all things soloamory, why people choose it, the judgments they may face, and how we can learn a lot from this structure, regardless of what relationship structure we're currently in. I invite you to stay curious. Even if solo Amory is foreign to you, or you don't personally identify with this structure, or possibly it might make you feel a little uncomfortable, 
There just might be aspects that intrigue you, or there might be someone in your life who does identify as solo amorous and could use your compassion and support. So let's first explore some reasons why people choose solo amory and why they might find this structure deeply fulfilling. First and foremost, there are those that simply identify as being solo amorous. Sometimes they are solitary people who deeply enjoy being on their own. They find ultimate joy in their solitude. Occasionally, but not always, these people are introverted and actually enjoy being their own company. For others, the autonomy they get from being on their own is the biggest priority in how they choose to structure their life. Some people want autonomy with their personal decisions. They enjoy being able to make big life decisions on their own with their personal needs and desires in the forefront. This can range from financial decisions to lifestyle decisions to seemingly smaller day-to-day decisions of what to eat and how late to stay up at night. Some solo amorous people want to focus on their personal growth. This isn't to say that you can't focus on your personal growth while being in relationship with another. However, there's something really powerful about dedicating your attention to your self-healing and evolution without distraction. Many solo amorous people enjoy the deeply transformational work that they can do when they're on their own. This can be a decision one makes after ending a relationship and before getting into another relationship. And I think this is such a wise decision and can really change the possibilities of what their future relationships can become. Another reason is that they value their friendships and community and find more fulfillment in these types of relationships. There is a study in Psychology Today that's centered around those choosing a single lifestyle. They found that a large majority tended to find close connection and fulfillment in their friendships. They reported feeling the most nourished by creating emotional intimacy with their tribe. And many times, this friendship and familial closeness led them to being even more committed to a single life. Some people choose solo amory because they have so many hobbies and interests and want to be able to spend all their free time exploring them fully. These people find fulfillment in continually learning and growing, and this is the area of their life they choose to make a priority. There are also some people who choose to focus on their career and find real fulfillment in their work. This is different from a so-called workaholic who might lose themselves in their job as a way to protect themselves emotionally from being vulnerable in an intimate relationship. There are people who love what they do. It fills them up completely and they consciously choose to spend their time growing their career. Solo amory is best expressed and lived when coming from the healed expression of all that I just spoke about. However, when choosing to be single from a wounded perspective, in other words, with your past wounds as the excuse, from a space of protection and emotional safety, like my example of the workaholic, solo amory can be hiding what you truly want in your life. It can block your self-growth, healing, and evolution. The wounded expression of solo amory says, I don't want to be hurt emotionally, and I feel safer alone. 
While I find that this may be where the choice to go into a solo amorous structure begins, it's important to ask yourself if you are alone because you really want to be or if it's because it's keeping you safe. Is it keeping you from what you really desire, a connection with another person or people? Before my first marriage, I didn't want to be alone. I craved a relationship, a partnership to share my life with someone. After my divorce, I wanted to be alone. I knew that if I didn't spend time on my own to understand why I kept repeating the same relationship experiences over and over again, it would never change. The energy of those two scenarios is very different, and ultimately, neither of them is wrong or bad. I just want to encourage you to explore your deepest desires with the hope of understanding what you truly want. This will get you one step closer to designing your own unique, fulfilling relationship. If you find that choosing solo Amory because you're doing your inner work and it's the ultimate truth of who you are, I am so happy for you. It takes courage to live life on your terms, even if society says something different. If, on the other hand, your choice of being on your own is coming from a deep internal past wound, a desire to keep yourself safe, then that's okay too. Acknowledgement is the first step. And as we progress through this podcast, I will explore ways to move through those feelings, find healing, find self-acceptance and self-love. These important feelings will pave the way for you to call in a more accurate experience of what your unique, beautiful self truly wants. This podcast is about diversity, and diversity doesn't fit in neat and tiny boxes. Aspects of solo amory can be weaved into your intimate relationships in many ways. We'll look at solo amory diversity in terms of structure diversity and timing diversity. Solo Amory could weave into different structures like this. You could choose Solo Amory as your main relationship and date others for fun and adventure. You could choose Solo Amory in one area of your life and not in another. For example, you could have autonomy in your physical living space or finances, but have loving and sexual relationships with others. Your relationship with yourself being the primary relationship. You could choose to cultivate your tribe, your friendships, and find joy in this area while you also experience coming home to your own space and being empowered to make your own decisions. You could choose to raise a child with someone while living in separate places. You could choose to be in a monogamous relationship, but take separate vacations every year to stay connected to yourself. You could have multiple relationships and make it a point to go out on dates with yourself. You could find time each day for alone time to check in with yourself to see how you're really doing. This is how I currently bring aspects of solo amory into my very busy life. I get up at 5 a.m. every morning, sometimes quite begrudgingly, because I know that it's the only time I can be sure to have by myself. This time for reflection, exercise, and practicing self-acceptance is imperative for an introvert who is putting herself out in the world and is constantly engaging with others throughout the day and the night. The possibilities are endless. 
The specifics will come down to getting to know who you are and finding what feels true to you. Now, in terms of timing, solo amorous diversity could look like this. You could choose to be single right after ending a relationship to go into your self-healing journey. When you feel as though you've experienced a certain amount of healing, you could begin to date again. You're in a monogamous relationship that's feeling challenged and stagnant. You decide with your partner to take some time apart. You spend that time getting to know yourself and looking at your wounds. You choose to come back together in your monogamous relationship six months later. You're in an open relationship where you and your partner consciously agree to be with other people. You find that your energy is depleted and you choose to stop all other relationships to focus on yourself and your primary relationship. You have multiple polyamorous relationships, and yet you feel lost and overextended. You speak compassionately with your other partners about desiring time on your own. This could last for one week or one month or one year or longer. These diverse timing experiences can be tricky, especially if the other people involved don't feel like they want time apart from you. It may take a lot of discussion and compromise to find what feels good to all involved. If you're having trouble reaching a resolution, try taking baby steps. If, for example, you're in a monogamous relationship and you're feeling like you want to explore living on your own, but your partner doesn't want that, See if you can find an afternoon to go do something only you want to do. If that feels good, try finding a weekend getaway once every few months. I think many times we exist in an all-or-nothing mentality. We either get all that we want or we throw it all out the window. I encourage you to find the diversity within the diversity. Stay flexible and curious Choose to see possibilities instead of roadblocks. Part of your journey to a healthy, conscious, solo amorous relationship could meet resistance stemming from societal programming or judgments about choosing to be single. Here are some that I've faced or witnessed. One is there must be something wrong with you. Because we have been fed the narrative that we are better off with someone else or that that person completes us, if someone chooses to be on their own, it challenges the very identity that many of us have adopted unconsciously. And many times that judgment is rooted in our own fear of being alone. Another is you must be lonely. Now, alone and lonely are two very different feelings, but many times confused as meaning the same thing. I've had many clients that hide their true self by getting into relationships that aren't the fullest expression of themselves. They live a life they think they're supposed to live and in the end feel lonelier in relationship with another than they would ever feel if their primary relationship was with themselves. And here's one. You must be really bad at relationships. This judgment is based in the idea that to be good at relationships, you must stay together regardless of whether you're happy or not. I feel that sometimes making the courageous decision to go separate ways means that you are really good at relationships, at knowing yourself and knowing what's best for you. One is, you must have been hurt too many times or you must have closed off your heart. 
Being hurt can make us weary of getting into a relationship, but this is an assumption that isn't always true. Another one is, you're a recluse. Yes, I have actually heard this with the added tone of it being something horrible. Some people thrive being on their own and in their own space. It allows them to live their own life on their own terms. On the other hand, it's important to recognize that many people who choose to be single have very intimate close connections with friends and family. And the last one is, you couldn't possibly have chosen to be alone. Yes, some people choose this lifestyle consciously and intentionally. These are damaging beliefs that have created a culture that is ultimately scared to be by themselves. With constant stimulation, we're forgetting how to be with ourselves. And this is perhaps the most transformational lesson we can learn from people who choose this relationship structure. Let's come together to release the shame around wanting to be alone. There's great value in choosing this for a month, a year, or a lifetime, or even in the context of other relationship structures. We are the first people we wake up with in the morning and the last we go to sleep with at night. All our relationships with others and with the world come from the relationship we have with ourselves. When we learn to love, accept, and find joy in our own company, all our relationships will benefit and will be greatly enhanced. So I'll ask you, what can you learn from a solo amorous structure? Are you able to spend time with yourself? Is this a joyful time or do you resist it? If you resist it, what is something that you love to do for only you? If you don't have answers, let this be your exploration. Although it may be uncomfortable in the beginning, if you begin exploring, you begin the ever-evolving journey of self-acceptance and self-love. And that is the foundation of designing your very own fulfilling, unique relationships. Until next time, stay curious. Thank you for listening to the Relationship Diversity Podcast. Want to learn more about relationship diversity? I've got a free guide I'd love to send you. Go to www.relationshipdiversitypodcast.com to get your sent right to you. If you liked what you heard, please subscribe to the podcast. You being here and participating in the conversation about relationship diversity is what helps us create a space of inclusivity and acceptance together. The more comfortable and normal it is to acknowledge the vast and varied relating we all do, the faster we'll shift to a paradigm of conscious, intentional, and diverse relationships. New episodes are released every Tuesday and Thursday. Stay connected with me through my website, carriejaroslow.com, Instagram, and TikTok. Stay curious. Every relationship is as unique as you are. wondering why you never seem to find lasting fulfillment in your relationships? Or do you create the same kinds of relationship experiences over and over again? Can you never seem to find even one person who you want to explore a relationship with? Have you just given up hope altogether? If this sounds like you, my recent book, Why Do They Always Break Up With Me, is the perfect place to start. The foundation of any relationship, whether intimate or not, is the relationship we have with ourselves. 
In the book, I lead you through eight clear steps to start or continue your self-exploration journey. You'll learn about the importance of self-acceptance, gratitude, belief shifting, and forgiveness, and given exercises to experience these life-changing concepts. This is the process I use to shift my relationships from continual heartbreak to what they are now, fulfilling, soul-nourishing, compassionate, and loving. It is possible for you. This book can set you on a path to get there. Currently available through Amazon or through the link in the show notes.